and welcome to the Soul Gym. We are your Soul Gym sisters. I'm Crystal. And I'm Jody. And, and yes, yes, we, we are, are sisters. sisters. Thank you so much for being a part of uh, today's podcast. Last week, we were talking about um, toning up flabby thinking and developing me- mental muscle. And we we started talking about our imagination and the power of our imagination to really recreate a new life. But we were saying last week, what if, and so many of us um, have a damaged imaginer, have a damaged picture of, of who we are. And so we were talking about how, how do you change that? And we, we talked about renewing the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the scripture, Romans 12, 2 says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. In order to change your imagination, in order to change the way you see yourself, you need to get a new thought. The Bible says we need to stop thinking like the world, we need to stop thinking like the way we used to think, and we need to take on God's new thoughts. Right, absolutely. So if you want to change your life, you've got to change your thinking. And so we can re reimagine our lives. You can look at your life right now, any area of your life, your health, your relationships, your finances, um, your bedroom, yes. your, your, your lunch, whatever it is. Anything can be reimagined. So we're going we're to start with uh, somebody who we love reading, and that is Stephen Covey. And in, in Stephen Covey's book, um, he talks about uh, the concept of our imagination. And so that's what, where, where we're going to begin, is he says, begin with the end in mind. And he says this, envision what you want in the future. So you can work and plan toward it. We create in the mind and then in the physical. So our future is only limited by our thinking. Okay, imagine a potter. You know, you say, how do I, how do I begin with the end in mind? Imagine a potter. He, he gets a picture right. of what he, he or she wants to create. They, they internalize first their ideal piece of artwork and they think about it and they may get a thought about it and then they think about it some more and the detail starts coming out until they get the ideal piece of artwork that they want to make with their hands. Now, do they see it first? No. They see it internally before they see it externally. This is what we're talking about. First, imagine your ideal life. Imagine a life without debt. Think about it. Now say you're $30,000 in debt. Imagine being free. Okay. You don't need to know how. You don't need to know what it's going to take. You don't need to go, well, I've got to get another job. I need a third job. No, we're just getting you. We're just We're just encouraging you to start getting a thought about what you want, starting with the end in or beginning with the end in mind. Imagine a life where your marriage is peaceful and blissful and happy. 
Okay, think about it. Imagine your children being obedient and wonderful to be around. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being fit and healthy and full of energy and full of life? See, start with that thought in mind. Right. But the problem is, is the power of the imagination works in the positive or the negative. And so, for for example... Uh, th- there is a, like Jody's saying, we, we, we're we telling you to think in the positive, obviously. We think about the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood in, in the Bible. She had had uh, this issue for, what, 12 years? I think it was over 12 years. She had spent all of her money. She had gone to everybody she knew to, to get healed. And what did she do? She heard about Jesus so that that didn't just happen one day. She thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And she believed that if she just touched Jesus' garment, that she would be healed. Now, she must have just, I mean, she had to get the picture of her health in her head. And so the second she touched Jesus' garment, she was healed. Now, that is absolutely visualizing, using the power of the imagination for complete healing. But it also works in the negative. Uh Okay, so when I was in high school, I had made it. I'd been in gymnastics my whole life. And I had made it to our high school state championships. And I had been doing a bar routine. And every single time I would do this, this um, flip in between the, the, the bottom bar and the top bar, and I would miss it and miss it and miss it <laughs> and miss it. If my coach would stand there and kind of have a little hand on me, I, I could hit it. I didn't want it in the routine. She wanted it kept in the routine. I would practice and practice and practice. And every single time that she wasn't there, I would land on the mat and I would fall and fall and fall. So I get to the state championships. And what do you think happened? Huh? What do you think happened? Did I walk home with this this gorgeous medal around my (laughs) neck? No. When it came time to hit that part of the routine, I did the exact same thing that I did every time. My fingers, you know, kind of hit the bar and I, bam, hit the floor. Now, here, here's the lesson in that. Did I visualize myself ever catching that, that top bar in the routine? No. I pictured myself falling every single time. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. I wish. I wish I had known then what I know now about the power of imagination. So imagination works in the positive Mm -hmm. or the negative. So we can visualize a long and happy marriage or we can dwell on, on negative thoughts, thoughts of unfaithfulness. We can picture ourselves trim, like Mm -hmm, you were saying, mm -hmm. trim and healthy and full of energy, or we can just obsess over cellulite, Mm -hmm. rolls on our back, whatever whatever it is. So do you see the difference? The woman with the issue of blood, she imagined her ideal life. She imagined the miracle happening. She kept it in her thoughts and in front of her day and night where she talked about it, she dreamt about it, she imagined it, and she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Now, what was Crystal imagining? 
Crystal was imagining falling. She was imagining defeat. She probably talked about it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And what happened? She failed. So look at your life. We move towards what we think about. We move towards what we obsess over, what we focus on, what we talk about. Our life is an accumulation of our thoughts. Do you imagine yourself free? Do you, can you think of your marriage getting better and not getting divorced? Do you imagine, do you talk about, do you obsess over being overweight? That is the result of your life, what you're thinking about, what you're watching, what you're talking about. So what we're encouraging you to do today is imagine a new thought. Think of of your life in the positive rather than the negative. Get a thought of, I'm overcoming. I will live and not die. Right. I will be free from addiction. I will be free from fear. I'll be free from anger. Just a new thought. Right. So our future is only limited by our thinking. Mm-hmm. That's it. So last week, we kind of finished or said that we were going to start talking about goal setting. You may be wondering what that has to do with imagination or visualization. It has everything to do with imagination. Uh, we we love an author. His name is Lou, Lou Tice, and uh, it's just an incredible, life-changing book called mm-hmm. Smart Talk. And Lou Tice talks about goals as a forethought. He says this, goal setting is a deliberate attempt to define the quality standards that will change your future. Last week, we talked about standards, how we've all set a standard for our life. Um, but what we're saying is, is change the standard, up, up the standard, get a better standard for the future. He identifies goal setting as changing where you belong in your mind when you set a goal you declare that some things are more important than others. It's just absolutely such a cool way of looking at at goals. We're we're also, you're going to hear us also say vision, faith, Mm -hmm. those, we're kind of using them somewhat interchangeably. This, This is about living a life of faith. This is about seeing into the future something that we want different. And so Lou Tice goes on to talk about six reasons uh, for setting goals. And he says, number one, without goals, you die. (laughs) Without goals, you die. And because goal setting, saying that my life is just not where I want it to be, that there's hope for a better future without hope. Mm Uh, it's, it's, it's really hard to muster up the the faith because hope is that blueprint for faith and Proverbs, where is it? 29 talks about without a vision, the people perish, right? Do you ever find yourself in life where you have no vision? You have no goal. You're more apt for destructive behavior. When, when you don't know what you're about, you don't know where you're going, you have no energy or passion in right. life, you tend to do with, you tend to do just whatever, whatever everyone else is doing. Hey, let's go for a beer. Hey, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's go shopping. Okay. Let's spend all our money. Let's go drinking. Let's go. Whatever everyone else is doing. If you've got no specific 
desire or goal or anything you're reaching for, you tend to do just whatever, and that can cause a lot of problems right. in life. Yeah, we were created to grow. We were yes. created for purpose and and basically to have goals, to have those things out front, to be reaching for something better in the in the future. And so we're just saying pick any area of your yep. life. We don't want you to feel overwhelmed that there are so many things. Pick one area. I want a better relationship with my kids. I what maybe it's it's health, whatever it is. Pick an an area and and start to apply these things that that Lou Tice talks about. So, first of all, he says without goals, without goal setting, um, we we die. Life is just not exciting. We just lose that zest for life. Number two, he says that we were designed um, to need targets. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where you're going, kind of what you were just mm-hmm. saying, you can just fizzle out. Um, or self-destruct, mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So goals, we, we need them so we don't die. And we need them because we, we need to know where we're going in life to, to set targets. The third thing he says, be deliberate, be intentional about setting goals. I think we just leave life up to chance, mm-hmm. you know, and and just hope that things work out. Well, that that's just, that's just stupid. I mean, I want to be deliberate with, with my life and what the goals, I mean, God, like I said, God has given us each a purpose and, and our goals should align with that. The next thing he says is you set your goals. Okay. You, you set your goals. Don't, I'm sorry, but your mom can have goals for you or your dad can have goals for you or your boss can have goals for you. And and we, we get it, but you set your goals. You, you be so deliberate. Here's the, here's the funny, funky thing is he says that your subconscious, your, we, we have two minds, a conscious one and a subconscious one. And he, he says that our subconscious knows if we don't have a goal. Mm-hmm. And so there's that thing. You just kind of go, go with whatever happens. And I, just a little, little side note on, on the subconscious. There's a guy that we follow and he's a biologist, and his name is Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he, he goes on to say that the subconscious mind is fundamentally habitual. Uh, it will play the same behavioral responses over and over, much to our chagrin. And there's, there's another guy, um, Brian Tracy, he goes on to talk about the subconscious and he says, your subconscious mind grows either flowers or weeds, whichever you plant by the mental equivalent is what you create. Your subconscious mind has stored all your habits Mm -hmm. for thinking and acting and has memorized all your comfort zones and it works to keep you there. The, The subconscious is the automatic you. It, it, it's the voices that we've recorded on the inside of us from the time we were born. It's those, when you wake up in the morning, it's automatically how you act, right. how you talk, how you interact with people. The automatic you is, I'm shy, or I'm an extrovert, I'm athletic, I'm lazy, 
I'm so whatever those voices, that's your subconscious. You don't have to tell yourself to act a certain way. Whatever has been sown, whatever has been recorded internally, that is who you see yourself to be. And that's the challenging part. This is the part that Crystal and I are wanting to get at. We can all go, oh, I want to change. Oh, I want to grow. Oh, I want to be better. But it's that internal voice that we have to go after that most of us don't even know what's in there. We just are. It's that when you're driving to work, And sometimes when you show up at work and you don't even know how you got there because you just automatically drive there. Well, you have an automatic you that we want to change. And goal setting is the practical way we get there. And later on, we're going to go into more detail of how to write these goals out. So. Right. Exactly. So change is possible. Oh, yeah. But this is why it's so hard. Yes. Because, and then Bruce Lipton goes on to say, and our subconscious mind is a million times more powerful Uh, than our conscious mind. That's why it's so difficult. And so your subconscious mind wants to keep you where it's comfortable. That's why change is awkward sometimes. It, It requires us to do things we're not used to doing. And so our subconscious makes us feel emotionally and physically uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So in order to grow, we have to be willing to feel awkward mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. And I, I know that sounds unpleasant, um, but it's it's the only way to get from where you are to where you want to go. So without goals, we die. We are We were created with needing a target. We are to set deliberate goals. Um, you set your own goals. Don't let anybody set them for you. Otherwise, your subconscious knows it and just kind of goes with the and flow takes over. and takes over. Exactly. Um, Lou Tice goes on to say, goals build resiliency. And, and that is so true. And J- John Maxwell says it, it this way. When you're winning, nothing hurts. And and that's the same when you've got a goal mm-hmm. and you're going for it and it's out in front of you and you are so excited by it. Um, it creates an expectancy in you. It creates an expectancy to win. And so these setbacks, which you're going to have, they just feel temporary. They don't feel like the end of the world. Here's a funny example. I don't know why I just thought of this. When I was in high school. Um, I had a boyfriend who would come and visit me on the weekends and I had a seven hour day in high school. And at the end of the day, I had my worst subject, which was algebra two. I was getting A's in every class and I was failing algebra (laughs) two. And my teacher would come to me and talk to me about, oh, you're doing bad. You're struggling. And, but what was funny is I didn't care. You know why? Because my boyfriend was coming to see me on the weekends. (laughs) So I had something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And I I should have been hurting as far as algebra too. And I should have been upset. (laughs) But I wasn't because I had a goal on the weekend. (laughs) I love it. That is hilarious. And the last one uh, he talks about is this cognitive dissonance that that goals create – 
they create a cognitive dissonance and they can kind of shore up this cognitive dissonance. And what we're talking about is in our mind, um, it, it's the gap. It's that gap between where I really am and where I want to be. And it cre- there's, there's, this unco- there's that uncomfortableness. See, most people give into it. Yeah. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. And that's your subconscious luring you back. And we're saying uh, life can be so much better, mm-hmm. but you got to step into the uncomfortable so that that internal picture matches that that external picture or that external picture what you want in the future that that internal picture they begin to match mm-hmm. and when you start writing goals and you start seeing your ideal life internally you start looking at a better life yeah. and you're going oh it is it possible and once you start striving for that goal it does get awkward yeah. It, because now internally you see yourself free. Internally, you're starting to see yourself fit and happy and whatever your goal is. But externally, in, in, in what you're seeing physically with your physical eyes, it's not the same. So what happens is you're going, yuck, yeah. something's not right. The internal picture is not at matching my external picture, but that's a good thing because the awkwardness, the uncomfortableness is the passion, is the drive that you need to change your circumstances. It's what gets you up going, I've got to change this. I've got this isn't right. Internally, I see myself fit. I see myself losing 25 pounds. But when I look in the mirror, I'm still seeing that same person. So that energy, that irritation, that awkwardness is what gets you up going, I've got to get these pictures to match one another. So don't give up right. when you're feeling the frustration. Right. Don't. It, it's a good thing. It's what gets you up because before you had goals, you didn't care. There was no passion. There was no energy to change anything. Now, once you start going, I got to change this stuff, it, it gets, it gets, you get irritated, you get energized, but stay with it. Stay with it. Absolutely. Stay with it. So as we start to wrap it up here, remember we, we begin with the end in mind, look at an area of your life and where do you want that to be in the future? Positive capture those negative thoughts. Don't let yourself go there. So Remember, goal setting is all about a forethought. It's about seeing into the future. It is a deliberate attempt to change the standards in our life. So without goals, we die. We need targets, right? Our goals need to be deliberate. They need to be set by you. Goals build resiliency in us. And finally, goals create a cognitive dissonance and and just stick with it. Just you fight those uncomfortable feelings and goals are like magnets. They will pull you into the future. And so we just uh, want to thank you so much for, for being a part of the Soul Gym. Next week, we are going to have you step into the Soul Gym and we are going to uh, set your soul goals. And so again, thank you so much for being a part of the Soul Gym. We appreciate you listening. Um, join us next week. Go ahead and please follow us on social media. Uh, send us a note. Tell us what you're thinking. 
And if you want to read more, you can get our book on Amazon. It's called Mind Moxie, How to Help You Master What's Mastering You. So again, thanks for being a part of the Soul Gym. Bye. Bye. Thank you.